This is uh, Ross Payton here with Roleplaying Public Radio. This is episode 20, the random character advice generator. So, uh, you're with uh, me. If- yes, the sweet sound of the announcing voice you do in the beginning. I mention it every damn episode. I'm sure people are tired of it, but damn it, I can't help it. Yes, so uh, of course here we have uh, our special guest, Cody Walker. You might remember him from episode 6 and a few of the actual plays. He was uh, Martin Van Buren with electricity powers in the Wushu game, and uh, we just recorded another game, uh, The Esoterrorist, where he played an agent fighting the evils of the Esoterrorist. So uh, how are you doing, Cody? I'm doing quite well, thank you. All right. So anyways, in this episode, we're going to be talking uh, about character creation, the best and the worst, uh, along with examples. So uh, first, I guess we'd start out with some of the uh, horror stories of uh, the most horrible characters. Of course, we did a whole episode on the Witchblade and the player who created her, Jessica. But uh, let's let's talk about some of the other uh, horror stories. uh, Well, Well, I could always start with a blast from the past. All right. Fantasy 2000, two, uh, high school. Cash your mind back, Ross. Okay, yes. You remember Poros. Yeah. Chris's character. Yeah. The p- GM pet character. Yeah. That could not be harmed by in, by any means. Right. I think his, his thing is he, he had, like, protective rings on all ten, and all ten fingers, and which made him immune to any form of damage, poison, disease, fire asteroid impact anything right and not only that he was a kender yeah you know i'm sure i'm sure people know what those are those are if you don't probably one of the most annoying things ever made by fantasy writers ever little halfling things that behave like children all the time and stole and stole at things because they were stealable right um, Do you remember him? Yeah, I remember him. He was the uh, what we would call the pet NPC or the GM NPC, the uh, Mary Sue who is indestructible, uh, always wins, always come comes out on top. Has a magic ring for each of uh, their ten fingers, and uh, yeah, the they are just uh, unbeatable. It's a very classic bad PC because uh, the GM shouldn't be playing or if they, it, they should only be able to have a PC if they can handle a normal PC. If they have to win with their PC, they shouldn't be running. Yeah. The game I too. always have a personal NPC in the games I run just to have a official voice in the game. Right. But I try to limit it to that. Yeah. I mean, a background character is fine, but don't, don't have them be one of the uh, hogging center stage. It's about the players, man. It's about the players. So yeah. Anyways, um, Cody, of course, you've got a couple of the uh, horror stories. Uh, yeah, my favorite one. This one, this one wasn't um, so bad. It wasn't like bad, like Jessica bad, but it was like so bad he was good. Um, <laughs> his name is uh, Peter Long. It's my old roommate Andy. Andy Potter made him. I was in, in Mutants and Masterminds, so the same game as the Witchblade. Um, he could duplicate himself. Um, he, he basically made a character to to. Um, be a ladies' man, like used everything to be a ladies' man. So he could duplicate himself so he could have orgies with himself. Um, he was in a band, um, and he played every part in the band, and he had a high spot check for scoping out ladies. That's exactly what he said. He was like, he's like, I have a really high spot check so I can, uh, so I can spot out chicks like in the crowd. Like, okay. He, has, uh, he had a musk about him, like a special musk that attracted women. Um. Also, he was immune to disease, so he couldn't get any STDs. <laughs> and nice. um, 
one day I was over at his apartment and he had a notebook lying out and it had about 10 one-liners written on it just in case. Like we weren't even playing that day, but he was just like in his spare time, he'd write down one-liners and then he'd bring them up into the game. Like he would, he would come up to a new lady and then he'd like pull out his list and look at it and he would go, did you fall from heaven? Because I have an erection. <laughs> and it would just be stuff like that. that you're just like, I mean, he, he really invested himself into the character and he was always, he, again, it's just the polar opposite of how he is in real life. In real life, he's like just a real quiet, like nice guy. But whenever he became Peter Long, it would always be, he would come up and he'd say, um, hi there, Peter Long. And yes, it is. And uh, my favorite, though, is is when Jessica made her second character in Mutants and Masterminds, the character that was the daughter of Lionel and Chitara from, uh, wow. from Thundercats. I think we mentioned that in, in yeah. the, the Bad Player one. But she made this character that her only power really was super was super smell. She had an enhanced sense of smell. And um, and she saw, like, like, claws or something like that, which we tried to tell her that's lethal damage. You'll kill people, but, you know, whatever. That's a whole other thing. But she had super smell. And Andy's character, since he had a musk, I said to her, I was like, well, you know, your your hormones are going going wild now. And she said, well, um, uh, no, they're not. No, they're not. Like, no, they are because you are an animal. She's like, well, I'm more human than I am animal. No, you are a fucking thundercat. You would want to have sex with him right now. And uh, she threw just this this huge little hissy fit there. I think we mentioned that on the yeah, last one. Okay, I remember that now. Yeah, that sounds but, familiar. But yeah, so it was. It's just he was he was such a great he was such a bad character, but he he went within the rules to make him just this over the top like comedy character. And all these other people had like great superpowers where they could do something in the game, and he would always like duplicate himself and console whatever women were nearby, and like that was <laughs> it. So he was a. Uh, you know, but you know the, the good thing about his characters is that that you know as a GM you know that you have to work around that and try to make the character more more human and more realistic. So I ended up having this guy come back in time and he's after to kill his father and it turns out it's Peter Long as his dad. But it wasn't supposed to be Obviously. a comedy thing; it was yeah. supposed to be a a a very serious thing. And he he took it quite seriously and tried to try to make his character better because of it. So. You know. So it kind of redeemed himself towards yeah, the end. Yeah, he tried so. to. He tried to, so. and it, it worked pretty well. So yeah, um, that's a, that's a good point. The sort of the the theme uh, is kind of a really appropriate. So that character Peter Long would be good for a very lighthearted, you know, sexcapade kind of sexy superhero sort of a game. But obviously, if you're going for the grim and gritty Dark Knight kind of a, a game, that wouldn't work so well. So. I try. I really tried to. Yes, I, I really did. So different characters can be good. Uh, it, you have to keep in mind the tone of the game, more or less. So, how's about you, Ross? You have horror stories? Well, yeah, yes, and well, yeah. Actually, one of them is uh, uh, Mr. Ernie Hudson. Uh, speaking of inappropriate tones, um, this is Cody's first uh, game we ever did. Uh, I ran for him. Uh, it was Call of Cthulhu, uh, Delta Green, Modern Horror. So, you know, the players are, I forget the scenario name, but it's uh, Dennis Detwiller wrote. It's free on the site. Uh, it's you're in the desert. You're looking for um, the um, There's like a cave in Death the Valley, some, yeah. you know, very. And basically something's been killing people in this small desert town and you're trying to figure out what happened. And it comes to that there's this. Uh, cave where there's a gate you know leading to bad things 
And, you know, typical modern horror stuff. I changed the scenario on a little bit. Anyways, all the players make basically Delta Green agents, you know, FBI, um, <laughs> you know, serious criminal investigators. But then we have the friendly, the local who's going to help them out. And that happens to be Ernie Hudson, who is the sheriff's deputy and is uh black and he's i'm ernie hudson and i have hepatitis c he was a former ghostbuster that moved out west after the ghost busting business went um went belly up yeah exactly so hates women by the way no he didn't he did not hate women (laughs) i believe you said that oh did he i don't remember anyways um so that kind of i was trying to go for the serious horror game and try and get it you know, dark and <laughs> freaky, and of course, Ernie Hudson kind of ruined that a little bit. Totally ruined it. Yeah. Well, so my favorite part was at the end, like like anytime that there's a situation where like you think that someone's going to die, Ernie Hudson says, they they go, well, we need a volunteer to go into this cave. You know, you yeah. probably won't live. Ernie Hudson goes, guys, don't worry, let me do it. I got hepatitis C. I got nothing to live for. I'm probably gonna die in six months anyway. So then they would say, okay, fine. He goes down. Yeah. And, yeah. For some reason, we readily agreed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah let him in. So yeah. My favorite was when he went back in time and this elder god's like ripping him apart, and then his his the way he thinks he can get out of it is if he starts praying to Allah, <laughs> because he's also Muslim. I didn't bring that up. I saved the Muslim thing until the very last. He's a he secret Muslim. Allah. All right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that was kind of a you know when you're trying to run a game that requires a you know a lot of effort in order to get the mood across right, like. Horror, for example, <laughs> a single bad seed can sort of ruin the game. For well, it wasn't ruined, but it, right. it can dampen the mood, kind of change it from horror to say comedy or light horror or something like that. So that would be one of my stories. Uh, anyways, um, let's see, Cody. Of course, you mentioned uh, while we we're some of the other things. Speaking of theme. Um, you tried to run your own game, I think, of monsters uh, and other childish things, and uh, there was um, what was it? Uh, the, uh, the the character with the weird names. Um, oh yeah, there was a my my friend Adam Slimp is great because he makes just he just can make some great characters. Um, but he uh, he made a character that um, basically everything that every name that he had to have in it was an alias for old dirty bastard from the Wu Tang Clan. So the main character's name is his character's name was Joe Bananas, and his connections were his like dad's name was Dirt McGirt, and he had a t- former teacher named Mister Rainbow that that watched out for him, and uh, his monster's name was Peanut the Kidnapper, and Peanut the Kidnapper in monsters obviously you have to have the monster has to have something that it likes, and he likes money and kidnapping children, <laughs> so he would have to go and kidnap children to uh, keep his monster appeased or give him. Excuse me, or give him money or something like that, and uh, the character was completely and totally always against was was always against whatever authority was there, and it was also thought everyone was racist against him. And my favorite is is that the scenario was it was the first day of school. It's they're they're freshmen, so they've never been to the high school before. It's their first day of school. He comes in, and the principal comes outside, and he goes, "His name is Principal Cooley." And Principal Cooley says, "Like, come on, kids. Uh, let's you know, let's go inside. We have to go to to the assembly. So everybody get in here." And Slim's character Joe Bananas says, "Just right off the bat. I mean, I don't even finish my sentence. I don't even get the period off on my sentence." And he goes, "Fuck you, Cooley!" 
<laughs> and I said to him, I go, you realize this is your first, this is your very first day of school, and you just yelled, fuck you, Cooley, to the principal. And his response was, he goes, oh, wait, this is our first day of freshman year? I go, yeah, that's what the setup was. He goes, okay, I'm going to play this a little differently then. <laughs> like, but then, you know, the rest of the game, it was him trying to, like, get out of class, like, every single time. He's like, uh, can I roll, like, a dodge check? Can I do this and this and this? I'm like, just go to class. It's your first day, for the love of God. Wow. It's a horrible game. Horrible game. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Anyways. Uh, so yeah, obviously the uh, uh, a single again the single bad scene. Of course, uh, you had problems with other characters, but uh, that that kind of setting off right at the beginning is very important to set the mood. And you know, if that first scene goes bad, then it's all downhill from there. At least in my experience. Oh yeah, but, okay. yeah, yeah. And yeah, I had another one uh, a little more recently too. Oh yeah, yeah. My friend Tila, who loves to watch our games. Okay. But she decided to, she would try to join in one of them. And unfortunately, it was my long-running Gargoyles campaign. Right. And she makes a Gargoyle who lives in New Zealand because that's the big sexy country right now. Okay. Only she had a Japanese name. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) She lived in a cave up in, like, the mountains of New Zealand. Yet she had a five in computers. We use the (laughs) the White Wolf system. She had five in computers was an expert hacker, but knew nothing of the outside world, even though she has access to the entire internet. Right. And her sole reaction to anyone coming around her was to be really cute, or when danger showed up, to leap behind someone and hide behind them. That was it. That was the extent of her addition to the game. I, I actually had to stop running it for a while. It fucked up the rhythm that bad. (laughs) <laughs> that uh that indeed sounds pretty bad tom um so did she what happened to her character did she just, i i just pretended she never got in the game afterwards yeah uh, you just kind of rebooted it retcon retcon well i didn't i didn't reboot no i just i reloaded from a previous save point <laughs> oh i see you're using the uh of course uh for our readers all five uh listeners out there who aren't the uh comic book fans retcon means retroactive continuity that's the comic book term for oh superman wasn't really dead he was in he was uh that was his robot clone double twin thingy so there's uh, no Superboy. there's no legion of superheroes that knew clark as a child yeah exactly or yeah whatever cody said i don't go to hell john byrne (laughs) if john byrne's listening to this he can suck my balls yeah so uh (laughs) Yeah, and you know, and Ma, and Ma Kent was old in the '30s, and she's still alive now. Yeah. Well, that's when she got all de-aged, comic characters they got, are like, like that. They got like de-aged too when Smallville came out. Like they're all like they're like younger and like 40 or 50 year old or something like so that. So Ma Kent is more like Melf Kent. Yeah, <laughs> essentially, yes. Yeah, it's like, but then they've re-aged them again. It's like it's it's just ridiculous. Nice, nice. Uh, Off on a tangent. <laughs> that actually re- reminds me of a another character uh, that I actually read. We'll, we'll be linking to a um, particularly infamous thread on RPG.net called The Worst Character Concepts You've Ever Seen as a GM. And there's one called The Invincible Hammer Wheel. And I just have to read the entry for this because this is <laughs> particularly brilliant. I think I've mentioned it before, but it bears repeating. So, Anyways, The Invincible Hammer Wheel, it goes like this. It's uh, 
let's see, post 144 in the thread, if you're paying attention, uh, the superlative hammer wheel. The invincible hammer wheel's power is that he has hammers for hands and wheels for feet, or it could have been wheels for hands and hammers for feet. The player himself wasn't sure, but my mental picture of the character is a man with monster truck wheels plugged into where his arm should be and drives up to villains and kicks them with his sledgehammer feet. This is basically how the conversation went. Uh, you're running a superhero game. Can I play? Well, sure. Do you have a character concept in mind? The Invincible Hammer Wheel. <laughs> Me. Uh, keep in mind, this is a, a serious supers game. He has hammers for hands or wheels for feet. Or wheels for hands and hammers for feet. I, I haven't decided yet. How did he come by these powers? He was born that way. He must have been rough on his folks. He was raised by farm implements. And his motivation for doing good? He lives in the woods. <laughs> so whenever people bring up their worst concept horror stories, I have I say totally deadpan and monotone. The invincible hammer wheel. He has hammers for hands and wheels for feet. He was born that way. He was raised by farm implements. He lives in the woods. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, um, just one of many many such stories, including the Rancor Jedi who instead of wielding lightsabers wields Jedi's wielding lightsabers. <laughs> And has a Sarlacc sand, and the other player would be a Sarlacc sand pit monster that the Rancor totes around in a sandbox, a giant sandbox. <laughs> so, uh, Cody, you uh, uh, wanted to bring up something about that, or um, I had a this. This is what I think should happen to all people that just can't um, play a cor- character correctly. I had a I was running mm-hmm. a, a He Man type D and D game, which was um, really really fun, and I had a a guy that. He just wasn't good at role playing. His character's just very blank and very um, didn't really have a backstory. Even he was just a mage. And when you'd ask him, so you know, let's try and develop your character a little bit more. So you know, what what's his background? Oh, he learned how to do magic. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. And it's okay. like you know, there really wasn't anything to the character. And um, Chris wasn't the smartest guy in the world. I love him to death because he's the nicest guy. He's just not the smartest. And so we come upon this like colony of 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 like. Uh, like the whole ground is cracked and it looks sort of like a, a wasp nest and stuff. And it's, uh, it's essentially supposed to be the bee men from, from he man. Like they have, it's their like lair. And, um, I tell him, I go, I was like, well, there's all these holes in the ground and like some of them are 45 degree slants and some of them are just like straight drops. You know, which one do you go into? And he goes, um, I'm just going to drop down the one that's just a 90 degree one, just a, just a, the straight drop. And I go, are you sure about that? Cause you're just going to be falling. And uh, he goes, he goes, yeah, no, I'll do that. That's fine. <laughs> okay so okay and so he's falling and stuff i go around have other people do their things and then i come back to him i go you're still falling <laughs> and then i go around to the other people and they do their things i come back and he like like he tries to stab his sword into the side of the wall doesn't do it and he ends up falling down and uh you know there's these the you know these b-men come up and he tries to fight them or something and i mean they've completely outnumbered him they've taken him they rip off all of his clothes he's bare ass naked and they take him to their queen <laughs> so the queen's there in front of them and i'm trying to give i'm trying to like i've given him all these opportunities to either repent for what he's done or to like just give up or do something so he comes up and there he's there naked in front of the queen and you know she's like you know she's ungodly powerful you know just right. i mean absolutely ungodly powerful and she's there and she says to him, why have you entered my kingdom? And he goes, we're here to kill you. <laughs> Not the best answer. Right. Not and the she, most diplomatic. And she says, she says, 
you and what army? How how do you think you are going to come and kill me? You are nothing compared to the power I have. You know, just you know, right, right. typical super villain, villain stuff. Yeah. yeah, villain banter. But she really really wasn't even a villain. She wasn't even attacking. They're just they were there just to kill them. You know, and so she goes. She's like, you know, how do you think that you can do that? And his response is, he goes, he's like, you don't even know. I'm gonna fucking kill you. He's like acting so tough. She goes, all right, fine. I make him get grabbed by by this queen character and she rapes him and when i say rapes him i mean rapes him from every orifice like his earlobe is like his his ears are a little bit wider now his nose is a little bit wider like every part of his body is just ripped open a little bit more and i just did that because it's like i was trying i was first off i was trying to give him a little bit of character development because I know, I know. It's extreme to do. It's extreme to do. But I was trying the to John Byrne uh, character development. Well, no, <laughs> I was trying. I was trying to give him something that that would would horrify him. So something that he could keep coming back to, and and something that he could he okay. could take with him later on. Okay. And also, and also to make him think more before he does something. You know. Right. Right. And he took that as like this very personal attack against him as as well, a human being in real life. Right. And so he never played with us ever again. And it Ouch. Was, it was a, uh, it was pretty. Was that was off. that the first time you'd ever played an RPG? No, it wasn't the first time. That was actually like the fourth or fifth game that he played oh, okay. with us. You know, it was the first campaign he'd ever gone on. But it was like, and it, I, I seriously wasn't trying to be malicious when I did it. It was, it was, it was seriously. It was one of those situations where his character was completely <laughs> and totally uninteresting, and I was trying to give him something that we could work with later on, and to one of those do or die moments of of you choose to make your character better at this point or you stay completely and totally vanilla from there on. Right. And he chose to completely um, never play with us ever again. So, <laughs> um, so there was, that. well, what were some of the, you said you gave him some chances to redeem himself or something like that. What were, uh, some of the chances that you gave him? Well, you know, it, it was just, you, I'd put him in a situation and I would say, you know, how do you react to this moral dilemma? Yeah. And he would go, uh, 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 um, so okay. Tim, I need you to do this for me. You know, he he would he would have no answers. He wouldn't try to role play. He was if 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 it wasn't battle, he didn't know what to do. And even in battle, he would screw up. Like he would he cast all these wave attacks. You know, when people were were soloing a monster, he would get behind them and like cast a fireball spell <laughs> that would end up catching his own teammates on fire. Oops. So then, after he did that once or twice, he decided that from then on he was just going to cast magic missile from then on. <laughs> <laughs> nice nice little magic missile wow um that actually reminds me of one of my the pcs i, I may have mentioned before uh zombie survival horror game sort of the classic zombie survival game we played in our hometown and the everyone makes themselves as a character you know this is all flesh must be eaten by the way and you know i have like six players and most of them are pretty good they they you know pick themselves uh pretty close to what they would be i mean maybe they would be a little stronger a little weaker a little you know but i i go basically by the honor system i wasn't going to fuck with their choices it was you know i decided as long as they stayed in the rules as for normal characters that would be fine except for this one guy he decided that he was going to have firearms five and firearms five in all flesh must be eaten is like olympic level medalist like special forces sniper as in, I can shoot someone from three miles away with a fifty caliber rifle. I can bullseye a fly with a nine millimeter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, even better than that. And he's like, "Yeah, I've been shooting several times. I, I, I have firearms." Oh, that's fly. when Morgan Freeman comes to you. 
shoot the wings off that fly. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> he was a theology major. I'm not going to say. <laughs> I mean, you know, he was a gamer. And I was just like, everyone, I, I, I could have ruled as I know you have firearms too, you know, but I wasn't going to be a dick. I, I decided, you know what? Fine. You'll have your firearms five. I'll just get back at you. And so I, I basically killed his character off by the end of the game. I mean, I had his technically he he survived, but his leg was ripped off or crushed or he lost his leg. And uh, his fate was uncertain as I got, you know, he was helicoptered, you know, evac'd out of there. So, yeah, he was just I that was, again, sort of like, why are you just munchkining out? Um, and that's sort of another thing is. You know, obviously the game is more than just a tactical combat game. I mean, it's role playing. So I think obviously character creation involves a lot of like, you know, deciding what your character can do and can't do. And I think sometimes you want a suboptimal build. You know, you don't want to min max everything. I think that's sort of missing the point. Uh, It's like I talked to Ben Ball recently and he said, you know, I never thought the enemy as a disadvantage was really a disadvantage because when the enemy shows up, you get more playtime. You get to play more. You're, it's focused on you because you're the one who has to deal with your enemy. So in that sense, so I'll always have enemies. So I'll be the one having to deal with threats and that sort of thing. So, um, Cody? Well, uh, something else I wanted to add to that is it's the, the thing about some bad characters is that, you know, the thing is, is that the players that made them honestly think that they're a, a great character or a great idea. And so it's kind of hard sometimes to to DM around with um, a character that is so wacky, not just because it'll break up the flow of the game, but it also, you know, if someone's so emotionally invested in this character that they think is just the coolest person in the world, then it's 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 sort of, you know, it's you're telling them... Your you idea sucks. Yeah, your idea sucks, and you're a horrible person for it. <laughs> That's you true. Know, that you is, just have to be careful on something like that, you know. Uh, if you had to, how how do you break the news, or how do you deal with that sort of situation? I talk shit behind their back. I never tell them in their <laughs> face. <laughs> I, you just that's that's one way. That's one. You that's know, one I tool. I really feel like it's what I try to do. Though what I really try to do is try to guide them into making their character into something else. Give them give them some sort of of problem that they're going to have to to deal with. So the Chris thing, when I had him raped, yeah. I wanted him to to try and figure out how to become better because of it. And my friend Jared had a character that was just you know just the ultimate you know, Frank Miller character, this, <laughs> this badass guy that goes around and has a hard on for destruction and death. And he thought that that what would make his character cool is, is that when he killed, he's a he was a expert killer and he would cut off their ears after he killed his victims <laughs> and he put it on barbed wire that he had around his arm because they never heard him coming. And you're just like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Wow. But, and I felt bad because his character didn't have any sort of development. Everyone else in the game had some sort of something that made them a special character. So I said to him, you know, well maybe we could ha- introduce like a love interest that you used to be, this girl you used to be in love with. And then this guy had, had murdered her or took her away from you in some way. And he goes, well, my character's never been in love. (laughs) And I I said, okay, well, what I mean is, is that, and I tried to backtrack and say, well, maybe he was never in love with her, but he, 
he wasn't certain and stuff and she got murdered. So he never got that chance to possibly admit feelings or, or reject her or something. He, he didn't have the choice, right. you know? So, so there's something I thought, God, just work with me for the love of God. And so he goes, well, that'll work. As long as he's never been in love with this girl, that's fine. I go, okay. So we have this round and I'm going to introduce the character and things. The, the guy that killed this girl. Right. And I introduced the character and he goes, he says to me, it, it, it was just so lame because he got, he broke out of character and he goes, so are we going to do that? We're going to do that part of the story now. And I go, yeah, that's what we're doing apparently. And he goes, he goes, okay, cool, cool. What type of game was this? It, it was, it was the He-Man D and D game. Oh wow. And so he, <laughs> he walks out, he, he looks at the guy and kind of, kind of gives him the squint and motions to go outside. And he yeah. goes outside with the guy and, just beats the dude to death, just like brutally beats him to death. They don't even have a conversation about it. <laughs> they don't even try to resolve the conflict that they had. He beats him to death and all of his party members were still inside like this, this inn, and they walk out and they see him with this bloody person underneath him, just completely dead. And someone goes, goes, what, what happened? Why did you, why did you just beat this guy to death? And Jared's response was, he killed the woman I loved. <laughs> I go, what? <laughs> well, he's never been in love. What are you doing? So it was it was just this moment where I was like, you're a piece of shit, you know? Straight to cut. <laughs> like, my character's never done this. Oh, wait, he did, except this one time. This but, one time he was in love and which he I beat just the meant, murderer to death. After I, I, I use that as my get out of jail free card. You right. Know? And, then, and then he tried... I think one time after that, we had a couple of games after one time after that, he like before the final battle or whatever, he pulls out this locket. We never knew he ever had. And he opens it up and there's this picture of her in there. And he's yeah. like, I, I'm forever tormented by her. Like, we don't even know her name. She never even was given a name. <laughs> wow. Bastard. Well, at least he, at least he was trying. I, I mean, guess, you know, yeah. Maybe. Um, of course, you know, they're not always horrible uh, PCs. Sometimes they're actually good characters. Uh, Tom, you're talking about some of your success stories about what, you know, let, let, let's lighten it up a little bit. Not all characters deserve to be, you know, raped by bee queens or ant queens. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes. So in some cases, you know, you, rape is required. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes they should be rewarded. The, they get yeah. to seduce the bee queen instead just, of getting raped. So, so. Just, just play the rape card. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, uh, what were some of your successes? Well, the one that sti- the recent one that sticks out is uh, I did him in your uh, epic game, right? Was a it was Sarasa the who was a cobalt epic cobalt sorcerer who was like a don of a mob family, right? Right. Made up primarily of lizard men, cobalts, scaly kind. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I used him in yours. That they liked him. They I I did you know, the other kind of stuff where. The threat is threatening the world's coming, and like he says, we need your help. Like, yes, I will. It will cost you. Right, right. You know, and so I, I had a lot of fun, but it really didn't come out until I reintroduced the character in a non-epic game later. Mm. And I was with like five other people. They suggest, and I, you know, I said, when I told them my idea, they were like, oh, "Dude, come on!" Like a cobalt, you know, the little, little, little tiny lizard guys. Right, right, right. He says, "I'm supposed to be intimidated by him." Like, no, he's just a don. Yeah. Then I started playing him and they loved him because okay. I because it was the shit I had him do that he has, he had a ring and well it says 
that he, had, he required people to kiss whenever they met him. <laughs> one and one of my the level one like the level one uh, followers I have for leadership yeah. is just a human whose job is to stand by, put a stool down, so he can step up and get an eye level with whoever he's talking to. <laughs> okay, okay. Just little little subtle things like that. All right. So what made the character work? I mean, uh, so it was those little touches. Yeah, and also he could get along with people because he knew how to negotiate. Okay. He, you know, he yeah, yes, he was a kobold, but he was also extremely wealthy, had you know contacts everywhere. Right. I wisely used the uh, leadership feed and not just had a whole bunch of soldiers that follow me everywhere I go. Well, it sounds like he wasn't like a standoffish kind of like I'm a Frank Miller character. Uh, no, he was much more like Vito Corleone. Okay, uh, which is a good point because you know this is a group game. This is something where people need to be interacting with each other, and you know when you have the Frank Miller uh, wannabe who is uh, I, I'm going to kill people and that's it, and I have barbed wire wrapped around my arm. That's that's harder to get involved in the game than someone who's yeah. social and, and, and wanting. Exactly. And yes, and yes, the only only the only uh, scaly kind could become made men. Right, but he'd deal with anyone who who would care to deal with him. Right, right. You also used him in the the rain game I play. I ran. Yeah, I yeah. used uh, basically yeah. like him, like starting out. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's again, you, you, sort of reintroducing him, building layers on the character. And uh, you know, a mob don surprisingly could work well with people. Right, that's the whole point. So that's the thing. It, this is an ensemble effort, and building characters that are not necessarily uh, social butterflies or what have you. Yeah. But okay. Well. Okay. Now, crime lords can be a big problem too. Like. If you're like if you're, if you're playing him like Vito Corleone, he could work. If you're playing him like Tony Montana, right, then that could be a problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the jack off violence I think is the big point. The, uh, the the maybe we could say there are no bad player characters, only bad players. And no, no, they're bad characters. <laughs> okay, fine. I was trying to be wise, but yeah. Um, it's, it, but again, it boils down to being able to work together to in a certain point. The players and the characters all form cohesing, grouping together to form something greater than the sum of their parts. So, um, of course, speaking of social butterflies, uh, there is Jessica uh, made another character. Uh, yeah, Jessica's character for monsters, and she described it as this girl that is a social butterfly that goes around and is just. She's she's friends with everybody and things. So we get to lunch on monsters and I go I go well, you know, where's everybody sitting? And my friend Rich, God love him, doesn't doesn't know how to role play for to save his life. He goes, I'm sitting by myself and I'm 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 singing uh singing songs from uh, California Dreamin', which is this horrible Save by the Bell esque T V show. And we're just like, I don't know what you're doing. And <laughs> you, you do not know how to play a game to save your life. And I asked Jessica, I go, you know, where are you sitting? And she goes, I'm sitting by myself. Okay. And I said to her, but you're a social butterfly. And she goes, well, is this the beginning of lunch? Is this the middle of lunch? Is this at the end? No, it's the, the beginning of lunch? Why does that matter? <laughs> I don't know why that question has come up. <laughs> and she goes, she goes, well, my friends are going to come to me because that's what they do. They, they kind of hover around me. Like, oh, okay, okay, but, but 
she never talked to any of them. And then yeah. she ended up getting up and moving to go and be with Sam's character because Sam's character was also played by another character in the game. You know, it's like, right, right. you know, it's like she wasn't, she wouldn't hang out with NPCs. She was only hanging out with player characters, you know, like yeah. that, that weren't even in her social group, you know, well, maybe that was her social group PC. Yeah. 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 Apparently that's, yeah. that's her social. Group. That is a problem. The, the players who don't realize that metagaming, metagaming that blatantly is yeah. sort of a problem, you know, like, Oh, you have the PC halo above you. Then you're, you're obviously important. Uh, you're, you look trustworthy. Yeah, it's like well, it's, it's like Sam's, Sam's character was was this anime girl, just this total like, hey guys, how's it going? You know, it was like <laughs> that was her character, right? And you know, just this total loser, but she was you know this fun character, and and Miss Social Butterfly would never be caught dead hanging out with anime loser girl, and yet right. she just walks over and is like, hey, how are you? What are you doing over here? Looking for a manga book? You know, like, oh, cool. Let's hang out. No, I don't want to. <laughs> you know, Sam's all about playing. She she just felt really awkward. She her character right. acted appropriately. She's like, I'm really awkward around you because you're the popular girl. I'm not. And I don't want to be around you. you yeah. Know? Allegedly popular. Girl. <laughs> if I say I'm popular enough times, then I am popular. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. So, actually, that that could be the sort of self deluded. Maybe Jessica was just role playing a whole another level. She said her character is like this, but she was really the pretentious person who doesn't realize what a fool she is. Yeah, she's 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 so into character that she's trying to fool everyone playing the game too. <laughs> she's just she is an idiot savant again. You know that actually sort of a mild tangent, but that that. Uh, uh, anime girl thing suddenly reminded me of uh penny from uh inspector gadget yeah and that would make an awesome character for monsters and other childish things with inspector gadget as the monster oh yeah like oh my uncle's around he'll help us and it's (laughs) like what uncle i don't see anyone and then suddenly this guy in a trench coat with robot arms comes out and rips the door open or something like that uh, I could totally yeah, see yeah, yeah. robotic spider arm puts a lunchbox down. Don't yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Funny. Go, go, gadget! You know, uh, soul ripper, and <laughs> I shall rid the souls of the dead. All right. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, uh, uh, the sort of anime girl, and what, what, didn't Sam uh, character was her monster like a Mega Man robot or something like? Oh, that? Oh no! Well, this the, her her character in in Mutants and Masterminds was a was a robot. Oh her, okay, um, I thought that was one. Okay. Oh no no no! Her her character in Mutants and Masterminds um, was one of the better characters because uh, she had subtlety to her character. She never she didn't explain everything out to everyone else. She wanted them to figure it out as they went along, which I thought was brilliant. And she played a character that was she's a, she looks like she's like eighteen or nineteen years old, but she's really just six months old. She's a robot. She got the idea from Mega Man, and she goes around fighting crime. But she obviously doesn't understand human emotions. But she does what she thinks superheroes do. So whenever she is dressed in her normal clothes, she has her hair pulled back and she wears glasses and then whenever she's a superhero she takes her glasses off and puts her hair in front of her face and she thinks that that's an adequate form of disguise nice and no one knew she was a robot but me and it was eventually going to be revealed that she was a robot but we never got to that point because it just the you know between the Lionel's daughter thing and Peter Long. Oh, this, oh same game. Yeah. yeah same game we just never had the chance I, I just I got worn out and I just couldn't play anymore but and I think a character that I was always proud of that that I made was when we played that one sci-fi game that uh, I can't remember what system it was or anything like that, but we were we were going to be journalists that went around. Oh, the transhuman space. Right, right, right. 
I, I liked my character in that game because I didn't, I myself wasn't fully aware of the game. I couldn't co- quite wrap my head around it just because I it's a know, very it was, complex. Setting. Yeah, it was, it, you know, it was, it was a rough setting at first to just be thrown into it. And so I, I made a character that reflected upon that. He was a, he was like an ex earth boxer and stuff. I basically made him to be Ted Grant wildcat from the, from the DC universe stuck <laughs> in the sci-fi setting. Nice. And, uh, I, I enjoyed the character and I enjoyed being, being just this kind of, voice of reason and sanity in this world of just insane yeah. science fiction and stuff. And, and he, he really was a brawler, but he actually had some sort of depth to him because he, he knew he was out of his, his realm and out of his depth. So yeah. I just, I, I really enjoyed that character because he, he really was. Yeah. Just, I, um, know. just to explain that game, the basic premise was that the characters lived on a remote colony, uh, in deep space, like on an asteroid, basically. And the asteroid was set up so it was like a big bubble with like a farm on it. And all the PCs were like kids or people who lived on there for a long time. And so they decided, though, that they were bored of this, you know, living in the farm with their uh, artificial gravity and their cows and their chickens and everything. They were going to go out and see the great big solar system. And if you've read Transhuman Space, it's a very complex system with a whole lot of stuff that I can't explain easily. And so that's how I worked the PCs into it because they didn't have much knowledge of the the outside world anyway. So it kind of worked well. And I think everybody in there, they sort of got together pretty well um that was a fun game it was too bad it fell apart i think that was because of scheduling reasons but and and i think i don't if i can recall correctly i don't think anybody's character was just was was even remotely bad i think everyone had a a pretty well developed character and it was it was everyone was kind of in sync with who their character was and in the the world we were in and it was just it it worked really well everybody worked really well together and and really played their backstories up i know that sam really got into that too she was really happy with that game um, uh, I, I was that here I was, yeah i was the like the biologist guy i remember in that one uh what weren't one of you uh i think tom you were like a replicant or a, uh not a replicant but um a bioroid or something gene mod yeah yeah basically an artificial human so um yeah no that was a fun game i wish i had recorded it but uh it was uh, I, I think i was the guild gene mod yeah yeah it was yeah. like you you yeah it was Pretty complex, but um, if you're going, that's just if you're going to introduce the players to a very complex game or setting, uh, that's probably the best way to start is to have the PCs all be relatively innocent and just explain one small corner of the the setting and say you are these farm boys from a village, you know, the the Luke Skywalker basically, uh, uh, and uh, that worked pretty well and everybody had a great time with it. So. Um, now, Tom, you had another PC that you were really uh, interested in, something about Andy's gamers. Yeah, uh, my friend Andy, who lives in Seattle, It's this is his uh, game where it's uh, you know, world hopping, right? going from different per- different dimensions, and uh, he, has a, he has kind of a weird thing on the characters that are in it. Like, one of them is, your, all your last names have to be a color. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the, there's like 12 players in it throughout the country. Yeah, you know, like mostly in Seattle, a few here. So my guy is Tyler Crimson, right? Who uh, I designed, and since we're all from different worlds, and I made a guy who had a Venom type symbiote bonded to him, only he couldn't turn it off, and it was permanently made him like that. You know, the huge fanged mouth, tongue like two feet long out of his mouth all the time, four arms, but 
the symbiote's mind wasn't like, you know, murderous. It was actually somewhat insecure and could only talk to him through his head. So it's it's a character that everyone really loved because he's this huge monster that actually is pretty much a geek. Right, right. Who uh actually try who always tries to do really good, but people keep getting freaked out by him. Right. He's always blamed for when stuff goes wrong. Of course. And um, and he he never fights back when like cops try to you know like normal human cops try to put him under arrest. He always oh sorry and puts his hand you know, all four arms out to be handcuffed and they never have anything big enough. It's it's led to a lot of just really great opportunities because people people said that I am the most awkward in the group, but I'm the most I'm the one they can get along with the most the best. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's, that's again, that the sort of going back to our overall thing, make something, remember, this is a, a group, a collaborative game. I think that's the main thing. And characters need to reflect that. This isn't to say every character needs to be a social butterfly or a well-connected mob lord or something like that, but everyone needs to be able to interact on a basic level with at least the other players and some of the NPCs. Yeah. I like one of the reaction things I do is I'm the only one that can hear the symbiote talking in my head. So when I'm speaking as the as Tyler, I'll sometimes just re, like re, then suddenly stop and respond to something that he said in my head. Right, right. So he says, "You're right. I think we should go on the roof." Yeah, you're right. That yeah, that's probably would never work. Uh, no, that that would be a good idea. Right, right. The talking to yourself routine is always uh, yeah. fun to. Uh, and I'll, I'll I'll just do it at a ran, any random interval I think that it seems appropriate. Right, right. Um, so yeah, that, that again, if that's the one piece of advice I would give is you know, again just. Yeah, make something that you have fun playing and that can work in the in the game that you're in. It's a little, it's a bit of a balancing act sometimes. Yeah. to get those two things together. Yeah, I mean, like you want to have fun, but everyone else should have fun too. Right. Uh, so keep in mind the other players and do create something that's not going to be a problem and and be self aware enough to be aware of your own limitations. If you don't like playing something or you can't play, you know, say a bee queen rape victim. Uh, don't put yourself in that situation or, or try it. Yeah. Uh, and try it. <laughs> isn't that the, the, uh, what, uh, what, you know, jerks that think that, um, that rape doesn't, it happens because of women. Isn't that what they say? You put yourself in that situation. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You know? Well, I don't know. Uh, don't jump any <laughs> deep tunnels that seem to go on forever. It's, and, uh, or when you're captured and, you know, outnumbered a hundred thousand to one, just yeah. like I surrender. Yeah. Trust, there's nothing wrong. I'm there's gonna nothing going to make you kill you. There's nothing that makes you less of a man that just going, I will die if I try to fight. Yeah. You are a level seven war mage. You cannot take on a level like twenty five sorceress, you <laughs> asshole. Uh, and you could have there could have been such great role playing moments with that incident. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Trying to negotiate, trying to trick her, any number of things. Like flattering her. That yeah, anything except my your thorax is looking shiny today. Well, that, and, and like the thing is, is that I mean, I played so many games where where none of them wanted to role play. They all just any situation where it looked bad, they're like, "Let's fucking kill it," you know. Like <laughs> they never and they never took hostages. Rich was the only person in in, in an actual D and D round where he grabbed a guy and choked him and, and said, "He's like, he's like, you're going to tell me what you know about this situation, or you're going to die." And he actually, I've never, I'd never seen anybody in my party at that point uh, ever 
try and interrogate anyone because they would just go in, kill everything, and then move on because they consider it like a Final Fantasy RPG or something like that. Right. You know? Well, that's something you need to do. You need to, like, if someone does something like that, that's a sign of where you want them to go, reward them for it. Right. Yeah. You know, if, if someone actually negotiates and you're like, after nothing, killing, 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 and then one person actually decides to roll diplomacy, reward yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, that's another thing. You can fight the other players, you know, in a PC rivalry can be really fun and interesting, but don't fight the GM, especially on something really basic. If you sense the GM is, you know, saying, no, don't do that. Are, are you sure you want to do this? Are you really sure you want to do this? Uh, don't you want to talk to the guy, you know, take those hints. Uh, uh, and you know, the guy's trying to tell the GM is trying to tell a story. So, Give them the benefit of the doubt and see where the story is going. Now, you know, to be fair, if the GM does something to your character that is totally, you know, unacceptable. De-litching? Yeah, de-litching or B-queen rape or something like that. B-queen rape is not unacceptable. Don't listen to Ross. B-queen rape is always acceptable. Uh, We should have a show dedicated to B-queen rape. Yeah, this uh, B-queen rape survivor support group, you know. (laughs) Uh, BQA, BQA, B Queen Rape Anonymous. So, uh, yeah, there you go. But no, seriously, I mean, don't don't fight the GM. Don't be so contrary, contrarian. I mean, if you want to do a hack and slash game, then with nothing but killing, make sure everybody's on that page. I mean, if you're all your players after one session are like, let's just kill things. Make sure I don't know. Um, tell them, you know, talk to them and see if they can make characters. Try and give them hooks. That they would be interested in. I mean, and sometimes that doesn't always work out. And say, oh, there's a woman you loved, and this guy killed her. Be like, yeah. Well, and and you know, on on the plus side of that He-Man game is that I mean, Andy Potter made a character that was that his name was I can't remember his name was like Kaloon or something like that, and he was the sorcerer character. And at one point, I I had planted the seed that his 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 father was the rightful heir to like the throne of of Eternia, and his father's name was Keldor. Well. Keldor is actually Skeletor before he became Skeletor. I know way too much about He-Man. But anyway, so I was going on saying that, you know, you're the rightful heir to the, to the attorney and throne. So, you know, you need to overthrow Evil Lynn. You need to become king and all this stuff. And at one point, Andy, without even knowing that he was Skeletor's kid, he had no idea. He says to me, he goes, he's like, hey, I want to do something in the next game where I sacrifice my life um, for, you know, for the team and stuff. And when I do that, I'll come back as like this even more powerful guy. And not like ridiculously overpowered, but right. I come back as a different character class and my face is now um, completely scarred. And I've got like this skeleton looking face and he had no clue that he was going to be Skeletor. He had no clue he's Skeletor's kid. And I said to him, I, I go, that's absolutely perfectly acceptable. And he goes, really? I didn't think you'd let me do that. And I go, no, that's perfectly fine. And so by the end of the game, like, you know, he, he becomes, he essentially becomes the next Skeletor and it was just, it was this whole transformation, this entire game. It took like six or seven games from from him to go from like this this sorcerer who's just like didn't question anything to get to the point where he has become like this total badass Skeletor, and there was development and he he went one game without even playing that character he made an, a completely new character so he could trick everybody else in the game into thinking that he was gone for good, you know and it was just it was so I mean he he really took that character seriously and really worked with him and um. Once, I mean, everyone in the game knew he was Skeletor's kid but him. And then we had to sit him down and go, you realize who your dad is, right? And he goes, no. And we sat there and explained the whole thing to him. And he goes, 
holy shit <laughs> and i said to him i was like you came up with all that on your own and you you created this character that was so good and like so much larger that i couldn't believe that you know we were on the same wavelength and we never said anything about it and so it was one of those few times that well, not one of those few times but one of those times where you're just like that's probably the best character i've ever seen just because you know it was very organic how it worked in the the development i didn't have to do anything on my part you know, he did it all himself, but he didn't make the game about himself. Like he still had, he still let all the other characters shine, you know, and it was just, it was just such a, he's such a great gamer and I miss him so much, but he works all the damn time Aww. at Lone Star. Lone go Star. there, go, go, go eat at Lone Star. Yeah. And role play with him when you're there. Yeah. Yeah. Like Sexy I'll buy the here. steak if you'd uh, tell me what you're going to do if there's an orc in the room <laughs> with a pie and you must get the pie. Plus what? five pie of deliciousness. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's and that's that shows a really really good technique. Actually talking to the GM directly about what your goal is for your character, like, and if it changes, talk to him about that. See if I mean, you never know what the GM has in mind, and that could be more awesome than what he was originally going to do. So yeah, yeah. Well, and what what Andy and I used to do is after every single, almost after every single game, we would we would go into a separate room. And we would sit there and we would talk about what he wanted to, you know, we'd talk about the game. We'd talk about how well everybody did. And we'd talk about where he wanted his character to go from there. And Sam and I would talk about her character. And Sam's character was so much more subtle than all the other characters, again, because she's, she, you know, is a theater major and she believes in, in actually acting out your character <laughs> and, like, being a part of your character, you know. And so, like, there was stuff that Sam did in that game. She was just this really brilliant bard. And she and I just, I mean, we worked, you know, just like driving home, we would just talk about like all these things for her character and she would do all this stuff and no one would even notice, no one would even care. But she had a great time. So that's all right. that mattered, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, I, I, I had to push for Jessica because Jessica's character was, you know, was supposed to be lawful evil and she treated her like she was lawful good because she won't play her character correctly. And so I had to force all these scenarios where she was. I eventually made her into She-Ra because I was like, I have to do something to make this character interesting. Right, right. So, um, but you know, by the end of it, you know, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but toot toot. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I eventually made Jessica's character into like this really awesome character. It had a really great ending. You know, it just it all worked out really well um, because of DM involvement. So, yeah. Um, that's interesting. I usually don't take that kind of track myself when I'm running the game. I don't take people in aside individually. And honestly, when they do approach me like, Oh, you want to do that? I'll, I'll take notes of it. And then half the time I'll forget about it during the game. But I try and make the actual game itself very responsive to what's going on, to what the players are doing at the table. So if they're emphasizing one sort of approach to a problem or a scenario, I'll start, you know, egging them on in that direction. And, uh, also give I, I try and give each PC a spotlight at least once per game, yeah. so that regardless of what type of scenario or what type of challenge, I make sure each PC has at least one situation where they can shine, and that way they can develop their character during that spotlight. So, well, and what I would do before every round is I would I would I'd get out like a sheet of paper, obviously, and I'd write I'd write you know overall objective for scenario. And then I'd write individual objectives down for each person to see where I wanted to take them as far as their character would go. So I'd say, okay, this time we're going to introduce um, this character from Andy's past. Or I'd say, this time we're going to introduce, you know, this time Jessica's going to further deal with the fact that she doesn't have any memory 
or something like that, or she will see something that will trigger her memory more, you know? And, and so I would, I would write down all these individual things and I'd try to make sure I, I, I always made sure that everyone had one thing that was like, like specific to their backstory or to where I wanted to develop them in the future. And I'd make sure that that, that that happened per round. And if I didn't, then I'd be like, fuck, and then I'd have to go back and fix it the next time. So that's a, that's a good approach. I mean, if you're doing a very, I mean, it sounds like your, your game was very character focused. I mean, it was yeah. all about the PCs and what they were doing. I usually do sort of like, this is the overall plot and this is what we're going to go by in right. terms of, uh, uh, all the longer campaigns I've done have been like that, like Mask of Nair Lothotep, where they're trying to save the world. Uh, and, of course, that didn't have much character development because they would go through. Character development was getting a new character because <laughs> it was called Cthulhu, and that had a high uh, 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 PC replacement rate, we'll, we'll say. But uh, there were other ones like the Hunter Reckoning campaign where they pretty much had the, there were one or two deaths in a six or seven month campaign. And uh, there's a lot of PC development in that, I think. Uh, the PCs all like I would. Uh, one other thing you could do to help develop your character, or as a GM to help PC players develop their character, is give them encouragement to do something outside of the game to build up their character. For example, I had one player who got I gave him bonus experience points for writing up a post about what his character did to Hunter Net, which was a sort of online network for hunters, uh, you know, vampire hunters, basically, uh, in Hunter the Reckoning. And so he got to write, uh, reflect on what his character did, his morality and things like that. And that really helped him flesh out his character. And so that really helped. And other things, you know, obviously doing character art or, you know, writing up the backstory more or uh, things like that, that can really help just giving some, giving them time to think about what their PC is and what they want to do. So, um, Tom, you, do you have any, t- uh, techniques as a GM that you use to help, uh, players bring out their PCs? Well, there are, there's a time I actually required them to have a backstory. Oh yeah. Because I, I had a group that was so chronically, focused on just getting from one combat situation to the next and i like a good fight i can i can do a fight night like but when it's all they want as a gm i'm i just i start i went through campaigns like every other week i just kept getting tired of the same shit and then i would try i i tried to mix it up i do a investigative game and all they wanted to do was kill gang members or something <laughs> so finally you know finally i uh I just started, I started, uh, well, I, I weaned one group of that simply by making consequences to their constant fighting. Okay. Like what? Like if like, you know, they, you know, I was running a, a cop based one kind of out. It was out of a heroes and heroes unlimited. Right. Well, palladium actually it was right. more, uh, ninjas and super spies where, uh, they, they just wanted to go after this, you know, local street gang. That's kind of peddling a new drug and, they just kick doors in, hose the place down with automatic weapons. <laughs> so, the time I, I I just the first time I fucked him, I okay. I had a I had a police surveillance team watching the place. Okay. And when that started going down, suddenly you know ten cop cars surrounded the building. A SWAT team showed up, and they're saying, you know, let's kill them all. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Uh, I knew it. And I knew it. and they burst out like, and uh, they rolled initiative. 
you know, Palladium style. So they they went first. Of course, they yeah. were the big powerful characters. So they all they ki- each one killed. I think two killed a cop, and then like a few more wounded them. Then I rolled the initiative for the police. How many cops? Uh, there were twenty. Wow. You know, there were like ten plainclothes cops with nine millimeters, and then there was a SWAT team, right, with uh, shotguns and M16s. So I rolled for them, and uh, in one round, all of them were dead. <laughs> wow! And they looked at me like, "What? What the hell? Like, what? <laughs> they told you to surrender." <laughs> That's what you guys want. You just shot two. You just murdered two of the cops. Yeah, they're not. They're not going to reiterate. Put your guns down now. Yeah, you killed Frank, and Frank was the. the he was about to retire. Yeah, man. <laughs> he was two days away from retirement. Poor so and and then you know I this group eventually I weaned off of that. I mean, where they can appreciate a good fight. Like another time was a D and D game. Another oh, another way I made them not want to just kill everything. I gave backstories to just about every monster that showed up. Really? That wasn't just a mindless monster. Like when the right. orcs showed up, they have a reason for raiding hills because because a, like a township has violated a very old treaty that they signed with the king of you know the king of this land that they could settle here, mm-hmm. and they were simply defending their rights. And eventually, I fi- I finally hit a breakthrough where finally one of them says, "All right, let's go talk to them." I'm like, "Yes," <laughs> and then they they suddenly found out that. Hey, negotiation is cool too. Ah, okay. And so I was able to finally balance them out. Like, yeah, a good fight's good, but good role playing's good as well. Okay, interesting. So that that's sort of the the main dilemma, I guess, is uh, uh, breaking the the Munchkin hack and slash groups. Well, especially get new, them into especially it. new gamers. They feel yeah. that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, damn you, video games and Final Fantasy for teaching us that role playing equals combat. Or communism. Yeah, well, no, not at all. Gay communism. Uh, yes, Tom, that's exactly I what I wrote we'll that. Think. Yes, <laughs> I'm Anyways, famous. Uh, reference to Extreme XP. Anyways. Watch it. Uh, so, yeah, that's a really good advice to break. Uh, we should do a whole show on breaking uh, uh, yeah. hack and slashers of their habits. Yeah, but, like, you don't have to do it. You don't have to bludgeon them over the head with it. Just, yeah. just kind of push slowly. Yeah, teaching about how to... Yeah. Slowly mas- massage it into their head. Make that Skinner box, you know, work for you. That Pavlovian uh, uh, response. So, all right. Uh, or it's like, you know, it's, the dude, when I did the orcs, I, it was, you know, they were killing him. And I just, I started just because the one orc surviving actually in broken comment said, please, I surrender. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's, you can almost sit, like the group suddenly slammed to a halt. Yeah. They're like, but. What? The world just shattered as they realized that they are not just that NPCs are not just a collection of hit points and armor and experience yeah. rewards. We're people too. <laughs> yeah. We're non player characters, but we are still player characters in some way, aren't we? If you take us to negative one, do we not bleed out <laughs> uh, every round until we make a constitution check? <laughs> do I not have. An AC of 16, please. <laughs> I, uh, I, I only have banded mail. Yeah. Yes. So uh, that's, uh, uh, well, I think that any uh, uh, final words on uh, uh, character creation advice or anything like that? Um, I have six things for character creation. Oh, yeah? Advice. Oh, he has a list. I have a oh, list. snap. I have a little list. Um, first off, um, n- the first tip for making a character <laughs> is needlessly detailed um, background information. 
Um, whether you're going to make a wacky character like Ernie Hudson, um, or uh, if you're going to make, (laughs) or if you're going to make the Witchblade, or just any character in general, if you have a lot of background information, it gives um, yourself a lot of room to develop, and also gives the 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 GM something to work with. Yeah. Hey, if you use the shit you came up with, that makes you shine more. Right. Makes you. you. Yeah. Makes you look better. Yeah. Also, um, the second thing is um, have some problem that makes the character more human. So, um, again, if you are going to make a wacky character, give them some random disease. Give them hepatitis <laughs> C, give them AIDS, give them HPV. It doesn't matter. That get, It instantly apparently makes them wacky. Uh, they, uh, or, or, or asthma. Even asthma. Well, Actually, asthma is pretty good, too. Well, when they proudly proclaim their disease. <laughs> As you did. Well, think of it this way. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, disadvantages give you more play time. It gets you more time. You know, so it gives you more of the spotlight. You know, it's, it doesn't have to be a disease. It could be enemies. Right. It could be bad habits. It could be any number of things. It gives you more time to actually be the one that the GM is focusing on. Uh, tuberculosis is acting up. Yeah. <laughs> or, oh, the FBI wants me. Or the clown or the Amish mafia. They're, they're coming to get me. Right. So, anyways. Um, next number three would be, um, keep a consistent theme. So just make sure that your character, um, the, the, at least the overall idea of your character, um, stays consistent. But if you're a sword fighter, don't suddenly whip out an M4 carbine. Right. Well, and also, also, you know, if, if you're deathly afraid of something, make sure that you stay deathly afraid of it the entire time. Or if you think that you're, if you're, if your character is, um, or, or not, not, afraid of it the entire time but use that to your advantage of of like try to work towards not being afraid of something or something or at least like remember that. it right well i, I think yeah. it's also not just uh keep it uh, consistent but also keep in mind the game that you're going to be playing in right. like you know don't make a comedy character for a serious horror game or right. <laughs> don't make a serious you know a tragically flawed every man you know like my wife divorced me i'm looking for my kid and you're in uh, it turns out you're in clown college, you know, or something right. like that, oh. fighting ninjas. I have one little uh, just additional thing to add. If you're playing a vampire game, it's not original to have uh, hemophobia if you're a vampire. It's been done, and it's funny for about a minute. Actually, or just don't be a Malkavian. Okay. Yeah, there's that. Don't be the and don't, or especially don't be the wacky Malkavian who hits people on the head with a dead fish. You know, the uh, that's, you know, the Malkavians are the ones who are crazy, you know, supposedly. But people think crazy. They go, oh, I'm Robin Williams. Zip, zap, zoom it about. Yeah. And not the paranoid schizophrenic who uh, or Charles, you know, or Hannibal Lecter. I mean, that that's real insanity, not uh, anyways. Um, number four is uh, keep the character believable. So um, if you want to make a good character, keep them believable. If you want, you know, Ernie Hudson, um, make him completely and totally disbelievable um next number five is pick skills for character um ross brought this up earlier don't just try to max out the most useful items um right yeah well um when we were playing the um the gumshoe game the other day i added a couple of points into my trivia for the sake of just making the character he knows a lot about trivia you know that might come up who knows i don't care if it does or not i have it there for the sake of he He's a trivia buff. Well, actually, uh, I have a really good example of that. Um, in Rain, there's a one character gener- one character role generator. Right, right. And one or two people got a role that gave them 
master cobbler or master chef. I, I think it was master yeah. chef. Yeah, Tim was master chef and Sam was a uh, master cobbler. Master yeah. chef, not master chief. Yeah, <laughs> chef. And uh, they actually, and so being really good at cooking in an epic fantasy game doesn't sound very useful, but they use that ability to uh, prepare this massive feast to gain all these bonuses to basically uh, schmooze and woo all the other organizations, all the other power players in the kingdom. So they had the so after that they had the duke and every and the church and everyone else on their side. So it actually turned out to be very pivotal for one of the scenes, and it was combined. Somebody had a garden that they owned, yeah, Tim and had so a they garden, had these yeah. secret herbs that they used to make the feast even better. So. And so that minor inconsequential stuff, it uh, I think there's this uh, saying on RPG RPG.net uh, that I read: uh, the greatest enemy to creativity is a lack of limitations. If your character has all these limitations, all these you know minor skills, you'll start coming up with really creative ways to use them. Like, oh, I'm cooking, right? Well, then I know my way around the kitchen, so I can sabotage the gas stove and set a trap for the bad guy right or i can do this or you know thing or trivia i remember where this you know hotel is or i remember this thing on skid row or something like that so yeah anyways um and also uh, i liked my character in that too because he uh, can make steam powered robots and i yeah. just i really liked that character he never did it which was okay but it was just it was because well, we never played yeah we never yeah we never got around to that point but i liked the character because like he was just this guy that he really liked steam powered robots. Yeah, like, yeah. It was just, I, I dug that. It was a Having fun little an aspect. Goal. And the final thing, the the sixth thing, and I in my mind is the most important thing is that the story isn't always about you. Let other players actually play too. Yeah. And uh, obviously, you have to have moments that that you shine in, but don't absolutely believe that that you are the end all, beat all. The story was made specifically for you. It was made for everybody. So just have fun and fucking play the game instead of trying to make it all about you. Like you're the star. So, yeah, actually um, I just got to play with the people, of the bear swarm podcast and they were playing inspectors, which is an, a rules light RPG similar to Wushu. And, you know, everyone had to make sort of a normal type person. And so there was like a computer programmer, a garbage man and like some divorced guy. And I played a former American gladiator so I was obviously the wacky one, and I, I had a lot of the uh, spotlight. But I, I made myself not, you know, take over every scene. I kept my mouth shut for a lot of the stuff, so the other players would have a shot at uh, playing. And I and I, everyone else had fun, and they had a lot of really good moments too. So like, if my character was left behind, everybody else got to the the bad guys first. I was like, all right, that's fine. I'll, I'm not going to be like, no, 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 I get there first. I wasn't like one of those dicks who's like, no, 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 I'm American Gladiator. I can outrun their car or something like that. <laughs> or, you know, it, it was, I wasn't trying always to win. I just say, all right, that's cool. I'll, I'll, my, I'll, you'll, you'll get back to me when you get back to me. So, um, anyways, so yeah, th- that's some good advice. So character creation is sort of the first step of gaming. And if you fuck that up, it's going to be hard to have a fun game, but Anyways, uh, Tom does not have a letter this week, so... But there's a good reason for it. Yes, and why is that, Tom? Well, we've received some requests on, via forums, emails, and whatnot that you, some of you people, I don't know, I'm, I use you people as a generic term, <laughs> you wish to see more of the skits we used to do. Yeah. Like, and, uh, well, I have heeded your words, and I currently, we are currently working on, well, I am currently working on three of them. The scripts, yeah. Yes, I, uh, we ha- I have another Game Masters in the works. 
I and I have a couple of a, a couple of other commercials that I'm working on that should be done within about within, within a couple of weeks. Just a matter of recording them and getting them together, but that's what I was working on instead of a letter this week. All right. Well, thanks, Tom. Um, but we still, of course, we're going to have the shout outs uh, as one of our latter things that we do have an anecdote. And I'll get back to that inspector's game. Um, so, Cody, you have a shout out this uh, episode. Uh, Grant Morrison's website has actually been redesigned. Um, so it's worth checking out. Um, I think he like posts blogs regularly on there and they're, you know, just as fucked up as anything ever. So, um, it's worth checking out. Um, especially if you have a hard on for Grant Morrison, like I do. Yeah. Just so you know, yeah. Grant Morrison is crazy Scottish comic book writer who believes in chaos magic in real life and has written some really mind fuck comics and like doom patrol uh, flex mentallo the invisibles the filth uh it, it is it is good stuff and good fodder for modern horror modern conspiracy i think mage the original world of darkness game owes a lot to the invisibles i mean there's just no doubt that the invisibles forms a good core for uh mage and so uh take a look at that and uh grant morrison is as crazy as ever so even if not more so um, oh, and Animal Man is a fucking phenomenal book. You should pick that. His run of that. Anyways, uh, so Tom, you what do you got? Well, I have a huge mastermind supplement. One I picked up at Gen Con that I think I mentioned already. Just mentioned in passing in our uh, Gen Con uh, wrap up. Yeah, it is uh, the Wild Card supplement. Too. It's the um, supplement from Huge Masterminds of a comic series in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, and. Uh, I, did, I didn't even know this comic series existed, but it's. I started buying some of the comics now, and I really like it. About you know, a alien virus that gives that kills ninety percent of the people it infects in really horrific ways. Not nine percent, it mutates beyond recognition, and then one percent gets like really cool powers. <laughs> I don't. I like those odds. Yeah. Yeah, it's no, it's really great supplement. I'm going to actually run my first game of it tonight. Oh, interesting. So well. Uh, Hopefully, I have an actual play of that recording. Yeah, that's the plan. All right, cool, cool enough. Um, I've got a few uh, shout outs myself. The first is Gumshoe, which is a new RPG system from Robin Laws, and so designer of Pantheon and uh, Feng Shui, among many other things. Anyways, it's an investigative game where instead of rolling to find clues, you just spin points or you automatically get the core clues to unsolve to solve a mystery. It's just up to you to interpret them. We uh, we just ran a game of that, the Esoterrorists, the scenario of Profane Miracles. We'll have the actual play of that up sooner or later. And it's a fun system. I'm looking forward to running it again. And uh, if you're wanting, it's easy to pick up. I mean, I hadn't even really read the rule book before, you know, until an hour before the game started. And by the time the game started, we all had it down pretty well. And by the end of the game, we all had it down just like mm-hmm. that. So it's definitely something to look into if you're looking to run a mystery game and not just horror games. They have a superhero game called Mutant City Blues, which is CSI meets powers meets top 10, that kind of thing. So uh, the other two shout outs I have are for two Xbox Live games um, that have been around for a while, but I just got them or actually uh, Braid, which was released in June this year. It's a platformer puzzle game where you can rewind time and there's some other time travel chicanery and the 
art is incredible. It's beautiful. It's done by the uh, Dave Hellerman, I believe, who did the webcomic. Oh, yeah, actually, that's the game that Yahtzee just recently reviewed in uh, Zero Punctuation. Okay. And Braid, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's fucking brilliant. And the ending is incredible. It's a very simple game. It's very, just, if you have Xbox or the PS, I think it's on PS3 Network as well. I'm not sure. Get it. Just get it and play it. Okay? Don't even argue. Just do it. Okay? It's only four or five hours. Don't use a walkthrough and just do it. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, the other one is Castle Crashers. Uh, same guys who did Alien Hominid. And uh, it's uh, side-scrolling beat-em-up, kind of like a River City Ransom or Double Dragon or something like that. Great Ooh, graphics. School. Yeah. Uh, there are plenty of unlockables, hidden characters, and it's got great music, great graphics, great sense of humor. It's a really fun game, and you should uh, check it out if you can. Um, yeah. Um, I have one more shout out that I completely forgot about. Um, apparently Aaron Sorkin is making a Facebook movie. Um, Aaron Sorkin is in uh, sports night, West wing, stuff like that. Um, he, he has some sort of thing where it's not like a Facebook documentary. It's like a movie about Facebook, which I don't know how you would do that. I bet but, it'll have guys at the Facebook corporation walking down long corridors and yeah, talking really fast and constantly walking in circles somehow. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, he, uh, he apparently there's some quote on, on Yahoo's entertainment news, the best source of entertainment news out there <laughs> besides IMDB news, which is the greatest um, source of entertainment news. But he, uh, he had said, he goes, well, I've written the first 15 pages of this and, um, I just don't know what I'm going to do for pages 16 through 130, but, uh, I'm on Facebook now and I'm trying to, to go and contact some people and he's making friends on Facebook to try and figure out uh, how to write a Facebook movie. Wow. So I tried to be his friend on there, but he won't accept, uh, like you can't even click on him for something for some reason, at least at whenever I tried to at school. Uh-huh. And so, uh, but if you get the chance, try to be friends with Aaron Sorkin on Facebook and like tell him how fucking stupid he is for <laughs> making a fucking Facebook movie. Like it's not what's, really a shout out. It's more of a, Screw you. No, it's yeah, it's more of a call to arms, you yeah. know. It's like All right, what's fair. next? Coupon the movie? It's a movie about a coupon. You know, they like the coupon, so you know they probably like the movie. No, it would be Craigslist the movie. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Used couch. <laughs> uh it's free if you can come pick it up. It, it one cushion has smells like cat pee, but other than that, it's good. You could get another couch cushion. It's kind of a peat lime green. Yeah, I could go on. All I like day the hookers on Craigslist. On Craigslist. Yeah. yeah, one left nostril inhaler. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, the 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 oh, there's actually one other game that I I've been playing. I just recently got Xbox Live. I finally decided to get some points for that. Uh, Bionic Commando Rearmed. If you love the original Nintendo game, Bionic Commando Rearmed is fucking awesome. It's got great music, and you get to blow up Hitler's head again. So. Uh, yeah, you damn nerd. You foolish nerd, or at least whatever this, the line is. Anyways, uh, of course, the, finally, we're going to end on our, our anecdote. And I'll talk a little bit about the uh, Inspector's game a little more because Bear Swarm people recorded the whole game. But uh, basically, I just I was going with Cody, uh, uh, 
character, Martin Van Buren with electricity power. I played the great, great grandson, uh, America Van Buren, who is a former American gladiator and America referred to himself in the third person. So, um, you know, for example, America preferred unilateral action and America doesn't negotiate with terrorists <laughs> and uh, uh, that sort of thing. And America was kind of a pompous jackass who whore, who was a man whore, but it's OK. And um in inspectors, you're sort of like Ghostbusters, but it's kind of like an everyday thing where you fight monsters. You just, oh, there's demons. Okay, let's call inspectors and get them. And see, I brought my laptop to the game, so I looked up the Wikipedia entry for American Gladiators, and it's pretty fucking comprehensive. Let me tell you, they have everything in there about American Gladiators, even what games they had each season. And they have a whole thing on Assault, the game where the American Gladiator stands there with an assault cannon with tennis balls and tries to shoot the guy uh, and while this guy is trying to hit a target. And so America had a man's you know, portable version of the tennis ball assault cannon and used that to hunt monsters. And uh, Oh, and the Atlasphere, which is the giant ball you roll around in. And uh, yeah, it was uh, uh, ridiculously fun. I got to seduce the alien queen of the UFO people and then start an international war of war. Or no, I, because of the disease I gave her uh, from seducing her, that, that wiped out the entire alien race. And uh, should have had immunity disease for STDs. Yeah, well, I, American America is resistant to such uh, scourges. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, uh, we'll have the link whenever it gets posted. But um, teabagging the enemy of your uh, uh, who tricked you into going into the Umbrella Mansion is uh, the greatest victory uh, a man can ha- America can have. So uh, yeah. Anyways. That's uh, been episode uh, 20, the Random Character Advice Generator. I'm Ross Payton, and of course with me is Tom. Yes, both of us having to share one mic, so we're back and forth. But Ross gets his own microphone because he owns them. Yeah, that's uh, an advantage of being the one who edits and does most of the work, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, Cody. You need me, Ross. Yeah, well, not... Sexual seduction. Yes. And be queen rape uh, anonymous. We'll have the support group uh, shortly. So uh, we'll talk to you next time.